We are live. Great. Um, do, 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 do. You're really on this intro, Vicky. Okay, uh, welcome to episode three of Prattle Royale. Uh, today, myself, uh, Victoria, and my co-host Lorcan will be covering the newly released Mortal Kombat version, which is, what, the, the fourth, fifth version, fourth, fifth film? Oh, God, in... I don't... That's the... I don't know if Mortal Kombat Annihilation was released in cinemas. It definitely shouldn't have been, but I think it might have been. I think this. I guess this technically was only very limited, really limitedly released. So, I think this is the second theatrical one, or at least the second theatrical mm-hmm. attempt at a cinematic release. No, yes, second theatrical of like a blockbuster released at least, because I know that the first two, the 1995 version, which we'll also be covering today, uh, is known as quite you know the B movie slander that it was. Uh, so yeah, today we'll be covering the newly UK released Mortal Kombat, which came out yesterday, the 6th of May, and as well as the original version, the 1995, and then we're also going to throw in some other video game influenced films, uh, with the lovely, my influence, my, one of my favourites, which is, uh, the 2012 Ace Attorney by Takeshi Miike, and then Lorcan's Choice, which was the... Cronenberg, nineteen ninety nine, Existence, which David, I not Brandon. Because <laughs> you have to make Cron- it distinguished now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my mishap. <laughs> oh no, but, it's not uh, a mishap, but it's like I think his son is now popular enough that like maybe that kids you need out to there, make, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But yeah, we'll also be covering uh, the yeah Existence, which I viewed for the very first time last night and had quite an okay time with but going back to mortal kombat uh yeah how do how do we want to start this on Lorcan? how did you find how did you find the film 2021 (laughs) 2021 Um, sign the quaid quaid the quaid i don't care yeah no it does uh i i was trying to think while i was watching mortal kombat whenever i watched like Dungeons and Dragons with Jeremy mm. Irons or Dragon Ball Evolution. Whenever I watched them as a kid, did I watch them and be like, this is so awful. This is going to be remembered as like a famously awful film. Or did I kind of dig it and it was only later that I kind of copped onto it? What I know for sure is that Mortal Kombat 2021 is 100% a film that will be looked on with absolute shame and how cheap and terribly misguided every single element of the film is like just every single story plot point that could have gone wrong what's there's made... no story right i literally so what i have is mortal kombat the film with no mortal kombat tournament i mean yeah that's the that's the immediate joke yeah okay so yeah that that's i don't know if that's a spoiler maybe we should put that out there since it is newly released however this film has no tournament which no. halfway through, I realized when I had twenty minutes left, 
It wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't happening in this one. No, I got and... massive. I got massive Fifty Shades of Grey vibes from this because it's like you spend the whole time talking about this thing, and then you don't show it. You don't show that. Actually, the you first end one. The film, the first... You end the film with the possibility that it might be in the next film. I thought Fifty Shades of Grey. We got quite a bit of it in the first one, and then the rest of the trilogy. It was just a series with no kink, but. Uh, I've going back to Mortal Kombat. I've never played the games. I okay. was a Tekken baby. I started with Tekken three on the PS one when I was, you know, a very small child, and that's always been my thing. But I see similarities in a combat game. You know, you've got the hot blonde known as Sonya. I would say that was like a decent dupe of you know Nina from Tekken. I've never actually seen the <laughs> Tekken live action films, but I just you know you see some similarities. Sure. And. Uh, how do you think this compares to any game? Like, do, do they have things in common with the game? The 2021 version, well, that's, that is. I've, I've, like, I've unfortunately looked at some of the reviews for this film on, like, Letterboxd and IGN and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of... I It might be just... It's probably bots, because I can't believe anyone genuinely likes this film. But there's a lot of people being like, oh, it's so cool. There's so much blood and gore and action. And it's like... Nothing... Right, so... Yeah, go on. No, there is one. There is one scene. And um, so there's a scene with a winged woman and the guy with the the metal hat that uses it as a saw and chainsaws her in half. Based, not chainsaw, but like kind of just slides her in half. That maybe was the sleep dep- deprivation. But I it felt, was I was like, I suddenly woke up. I definitely woke up at that moment and thought, nah, that was fucking epic. Even though this character has, was only in it for 30 seconds, I thought that was okay. Nothing nothing kills my boner quicker than fucking CGI gore or CGI uh, blood. I know and how you feel about the authentic stuff as well. Overly edited action is a close second. I just People, thought it was... You go, I know, you go watch like a violent action film to see violent action, but not like mm-hmm. cartoon bullshit. Like, it was literally like watching a cutscene from the video game, but like a cutscene from the video game like 10 years ago. Like, the effects were yeah. so bad. And it was like, it's not like... That winged woman, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who she is, but she like appears, she suddenly appears halfway through the film, and Sun Sang Shu- takes a he literally Sang, yeah he's literally hang on. Sang? Okay, I, I get it Sang Sh- Shang Sung, he's like he like this woman like f- like flaps over to him, and then Nata- he, like, Natara I think her character like, is called okay whatever yeah winged woman. She's like winged woman. <laughs> it's like Shang Tsung's got his cronies, and then off camera, the CGI bitch flies down, goes back to the cronies, and he's like, "Here's my wife," and then it cuts back again. No one else is in shot but this like winged woman, and it's so bad. It's clearly just like completely post rendered. And then the next scene is just she fights and gets killed by Kung mm. Lao with his little like sword hat. And like, which is also his magic power. Like, I know they try to include like Arcana, which is like your magic powers and stuff. But yeah, it's, do you it's think? Just, um, I don't know. um, so I think maybe because after having watched the nineteen ninety five version, there's definitely a lot more variety of characters in this one. And may do you think that maybe they've added them as like bonuses for like people that are like loyal to the game, so that when they pop up, they like get this like little bit of serotonin that they're included like one of their old favorites and then maybe that would combat the fact that they're only in it for like 30 second clips and the movie is terrible i don't think there's more characters in this than the old one 
I think I mean, it's about the same or less. There is a... I don't think there was a Melina in the first one, which is the girl with the spiky teeth. I did, get, definitely didn't see her. You get Katana. I mean, there's like there's so, so many characters in Mortal Kombat at this at this yeah. point. I think they both got a very similar number. Like, Jax is in this, Jax isn't in this, but Katana's in the other one. Katana's not in this, and you you mm-hmm. actually kind of have a cameo by the from the Emperor in the '95 one. But this is just like. Obviously, they, the, the whole thing with this film as well is that they've cast actual martial artists for the most part. And then mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, are they going to be able to act? Spoilers. The no, answer's they no. They cannot no, they act. Cannot. And they haven't even, like, the main character is not even a character from Mortal Kombat. Like, it's fine to have, like, it's fine to have, like, an everyman character to, like, immerse in the world. But it's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a fight film. Like, you don't need that in a film that the whole premise is just people fight each other. Like, there's not that much to go through. And then some of the actors, like obviously a lot of the, a lot of the Asian actors, well, mm-hmm. the the guy who plays Raiden, like I know he's a good actor. I've seen him in other things, but he just looks so uncomfortable with every single word that he says to the point that you get the impression he doesn't know what he's actually saying, but he's supposed to be like this all powerful God. But his like, he's just like the dialogue so clunky, clunky and he's not delivering it particularly well. And it's just really odd to watch. The only one I liked was Josh mm. Lawson, who is um, who played Kano. He was like right. Le- that is my re- yeah. That was my redeeming factor, literally. Yeah. So I I put down that um, basically it took all the char- charisma that maybe Lyndon Ashby gave as you know Johnny Cage in the first one, yeah. and instead of giving it to the main guy Cole whatever, they've just given it to Kano, and he is the only thing that made me laugh throughout the whole thing. Like, yeah. literally, the Kano in the 1995 version, he literally made me, like, shrivel up inside as a woman. He literally is just fucking disgusting. Yeah. There's not, there's nothing, but Kano, like, this Kano, he is funny. He is, um, he's kind of fit. And um, he literally just, like, he stops the film from being a complete disaster. Yeah, it, it, I pack, think. it, yeah. it picks up massively. Because it's not just... Yeah. The speed as that, well. Like, that's yeah. the thing, it's his timing. Because yeah. what he's saying yeah. isn't particularly funny, but he times his lines, especially when he's acting against these people who are not good actors, but he's still yeah. able to respond really well, really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's from a he's in a uh, a mockumentary I watched recently called uh, Becoming Bond about George Lazenby. He plays like young George Lazenby becoming Bond. He's so charming and like lovable in that film, and he he just brings across this energy. Even here, he's playing like a disgusting weirdo. Um, yeah, but I mean like he brings a half a star to a shit show. Like it is really, it's he's just he's just a flower in the mud. Like he's. The only, Basic. That's the only literally, I don't, yeah, the only thing. So, like, so I watched the, the 1995 Mortal Kombat for the first time and this week, and it took me three days to get through. Not because it was terrible, but because I just, I felt like I could just put it down and just, I, I felt like I was just wasting time in my day. Like, I just wanted to do other things okay. than watch this film. But that's it definitely fair. took me three attempts to get through on three separate days. And then the last one, I was like, it was like a big push to sit through it. But it wasn't a terrible film. I just think the timing and the pacing isn't there. But like, I actually, like the set, the, the 2021 actually kept me here for like, you know, most of it. Like, it Why definitely... do you think that was though? Because it surely isn't for the characters. It surely isn't for any kind Absolutely of set design. Absolutely not. 
A hundred percent. I don't, I have no idea. I just think it's paced a bit better. Even though the storyline is completely out of whack. And then the fact that I, 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 I'm not honestly sure. Maybe it was just Kane, which is insane. Oh, and you know, Jax, he had like, you know, one good line. Oh my God. Jax, I thought he was dead. Like, these weird like yeah, they, little baby arms. I've done, I've done, yeah. So and then like, cringeworthy. <laughs> he's like, I've done six tours, motherfucker. And I was like, and then I was like, that's a good line for a character that just dies within the first <laughs> 10 minutes. And then like, he just comes back with like these metal arms and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. that's actually, that's kind of cool. I get it. I kind of think it's okay. But, um, and then, you know, there's other things throughout the film, like the fact that, what's it called? I just think the main character, Cole, I can't, Cole Young, played by Lewis Tan, who I haven't yeah. seen in anything, but I, I know so, he's no. in Deadpool 2, but I don't remember oh, his character in that. If you're hi- <laughs> if the highlight of your career is Deadpool, Deadpool 2, then you're, you're But he, he no, like, you know, he is, um, yeah, he is known as, what's it called? A martial artist. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. But, like, I just, you've got, like, yeah. Joe Taslam, who's, uh, he, he's from The Raid and The Night Comes For Us, which are both, obviously, very good films. He's yes. like, he's like, okay, solid martial artist who you know for a fact is a really great actor. I, I love cover, him in The Night Comes For Us. You cover I his, love him. You cover his fucking face. For the whole yeah. movie, it's like you yeah. could have you could have cast anyone, anyone in the whole anyone. world who's a good martial yeah. artist because you do not need them to act, and that's who you put in that role. Oh, and he's great. He is such a good actor, and yet I literally got nothing from him because no. he like literally all it was in the eyes, and the eyes are fucking glowing blue for the whole thing. It's like you've given me a little like chicken bone for something to like to have hope because i think he's fucking great and then you just take it away he's just fucking taking it away yeah and then his role is um yeah sub-zero the guy that plays scorpion as well because like the whole scorpion sub-zero thing is like it's such a case of like the studio was like okay what do people know about mortal kombat it's a tournament Mm. shang sung can uh shapeshift into different characters scorpion and sub-zero so they gave mm. us loads of Scorpion and Sub Zero at the start and the end. They clearly didn't mm. give a fuck about Cole Young because I don't even I don't even know what happens to his character. He just sort of becomes Scorpion Junior, but not really. Yeah, and, then... and he has that family that has that are just fucking annoying. Like there's no likability yeah. to either the wife or the child. So yeah. I didn't I didn't care that Sub Zero was fucking freezing them in a boxing ring. I had no sympathy. They put in this scene where basically the daughter and the like the family got attacked by you know the prince. What's he called? The prince big Goro. prince. Of the, yeah, Prince Goro. He looked like shit. Looked so bad. He actually oh, looked like so much better in the '95 version. That is good. We'll get to that. We'll get but. that. Yeah. So they put in the scene where they get attacked by Prince Goro, and it takes the the this fucking these two women to like decide, you know, hours later that they have to escape from where they are before Sub Zero comes and gets them. And in that point, I've lost all sympathy. It's like what it happens in horror films. I lose sympathy when they make stupid decisions. Well, not and just that. Yeah. Like, at that point in the film cole young uh has decided mm. to go back to his family he's like something happens i can't remember and he's go mm. back to his he, he goes oh he can't find his he can't find his thing can't find his you know his arcane, oh, his arcane or whatever but he's, <laughs> so he just the, gets the, the kicked whole, out the whole point the whole point he goes to fucking train for the tournament is to keep his family safe and at the first mm. obstacle obstacle he's like okay i'll just 
I'll just go home then to exactly just where flick, yeah. they're going to hunt my family down, which is exactly mm. what happens immediately. Uh, now it's that I'm good. like talking out with you, I'm just like, fucking hell. <laughs> I can't believe like, So I know this is bad. But I, I paid money to watch that film because yeah. I, I love like a good shit watch, you know? I yeah. love something that's going to make me feel a bit better afterwards. I feel that way about, you know... I, I love the films, but sometimes I go into Fast and Furious and I come out loving it, even though it was a bit terrible. I can say that for a few of them. Well, the thing but, uh, is, as this well, one like, did not make me feel good is, things. Because of obviously the COVID situation, this is like a tentpole yeah. film. If this was like, mm-hmm. if this was coming out in the middle of a bunch of other blockbusters, this would be like a charming aside, being like, oh, that. That was obviously going to fail, but it was fun to watch. But this is like, yeah, like this is the thing we're reviewing on our podcast this week because there's nothing else yeah. to talk about. And there's it's like, nothing fuck. else. It's literally a bestseller on Amazon today. It sure is because there's nothing else to yeah. watch. Yeah, and it will be. Yeah, it's like the whole thing with Disney's. Like Disney's gonna keep making terrible decisions and doing weird stuff with their IPs, but people will watch it just because they're able to like stay home and just like have it as mm-hmm. part of their subscription so it's like the whole state of cinema is just going down the toilet because of like metrics for viewership is just all over the place but but at the same t- yeah so yeah literally it's i think i i haven't watched godzilla versus kong um i know that you love it but yes. i just think obviously godzilla versus kong was like number one film that week it pulled in so much money and i think mortal kombat is kind of on the roll to do the same because like everyone's watching it because it's kind yeah. of like the newest release. Like that's yeah. that's the thing you'd go to like, you know, Cineworld to go and watch with your big giant Coke and a bottle of popcorn and just yeah. like a bucket of popcorn and just like enjoy, you know? Yeah, on cheap days, just go with your friends and yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think maybe, yeah, it's just disappointing it's turned out the way it is. Uh, I don't know why but, though, but because I, yeah. like, I know like, like films obviously they're a business, like you have to balance mm-hmm. like, a good film with something that's going to sell but why would you why would you produce a script that is so dry like we can go through the story real quick it's mm. it's it opens up with a prologue of sub-zero hunting down scorpion's family scorpion's mm. like this kind of samurai who's retired for some reason um, he speaks chinese and yeah scorpion speaks japanese which the subtitles helpfully tell us yeah but they why don't they just both speak the same language or can they not understand what the other's saying are they just shouting at each sure. other inanely the first you know the first 10 minutes it had me because that's an opening to like any sad anime any sad olden time anime <laughs> family dies you know gets revenge there's always a baby left over kind sure. of on the right track yeah i so mean yeah, yeah it's something on, you've seen on. a billion yeah. times but no, CGI, I mean, say, yeah. again it's like as soon as that like there's like an opening scene where it's like Scorpion talking to his wife and there is like mm. five billion fucking edits in this conversation. It's like it cuts to like the bushes. It cuts to like over Scorpion's shoulder. It cuts from the top of the house. It cuts from behind her shoulder. And it's like, oh, no, is this like is this what the action's going to be like times a million? And it is. It's just over edited mm. to make this to create this artificial sense of kineticism. But it's just so disorientating and like terrible but then okay so yeah he sub-zero kills the family uh and then cole young grows up and he's in modern day and he's an mma fighter who's terrible but Mm. everyone like like, fights to cheap even yeah even though he's Mm. he's terrible we're supposed to feel bad because he fights cheap but then he's not very good so it's like oh that's probably why he's so cheap 
to fight, I guess. <laughs> but he's supposed to be one of the world's greatest martial artists or fighters because he's got the the birthmark. But then the birthmark doesn't mm-hmm. matter because if you've got the birthmark, you're destined to be in the championship. But then if you kill someone who has a birthmark, then mm. you get it. It passes on. Yeah. What happens if you just like run over a kid that has like the birthmark? Like, do you all of a sudden are you just like shit? I've got to be in this fucking tournament now. <laughs> you're just like some drunk schlub. Yeah. Maybe maybe the thing is that these uh, actually I just I just don't know I can't I can't even justify that. But it's just like you've taken you've got you've taken a video game that's uh, a fantasy franchise known for its violent action, and mm. you set it in like a really mundane, by the numbers plot about this like schlub who has to learn how to fight, and it's like I don't even know where any of this is set. Like, one, I just feel like it's been set in a studio, and you can just feel that. Like, it's just in a studio somewhere. At least, like, with the first Mortal Kombat, as soon as I saw, you know, the temples of, um... Ayutthaya City in Thailand, I was literally, I recognised them straight away. It, had, it literally gave me, like, some kind of authenticity, yeah. which I feel like has completely skipped this one 100%. Well, it's Even just with Lord, cinematic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Like in, um, in the in the ninety five one, there's like a bit where uh, Johnny Cage talks to Sonya Blade about like he's gonna choose to fight Goro, uh, yeah, to sacrifice everyone else, and it's like a sunset shot, and it's like the camera's yes, panning so, around. Right, so that like, sunset okay. shot, I literally thought like, oh my god, they've shoved a Michael Mann shot in the middle of Mortal Kombat. Is <laughs> how good that shot was. Like yeah. this, there's the redeeming factors to it, and like I mean, I know Production it's been value. this. Production, yeah, that's it. Like, and there's like the choreo, like the choreographed scenes. Like they've used, I I know it's the nineties, but like the hairography that was used, especially oh in God. the first fight, the hairography is, hair. yeah, is yeah. beautiful. It's gorgeous, like yeah. every, it's such a good thing. And you know, I am a big uh, Lyndon Ashby fan, so he. I, I don't I've know. I've only seen him in Mortal Kombat. So the thing is, uh, I think I've told you about how much I love the television show Team Wolf and Dylan yeah, O'Brien yeah. F- from that. Yes. So he plays Dylan O'Brien's dad, the sheriff. There are all six series, and yeah. he is excellent. He plays yeah Sheriff Stalinsky, and yeah, as soon as I saw him in this, and I saw him in his you know his like flowy shirt and tight pants, and as soon as he did the splits as well, and I was yeah. like. Pff- that that was beautiful. I am completely in love with him, and think, it just makes sense how charming he is in the Team Wolf franchise from this film. Okay, I think they originally mm-hmm. wanted um, Jean Claude Van Damme, particularly because Jean Claude Van Damme does the splits. But yeah. Apparently, uh, he chose to do Street Fighter instead, and then he went on and ruined that set by allegedly doing just shit tons of cocaine, and <laughs> it was just like never around. <laughs> Everyone hated yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, apparently, as I, I've, I think I learned recently that apparently Kelly Minogue's in the Street Fighter movie, and she was like mm. a godsend. She was just like so lovely to everyone else. She completely counterbalanced how much of a dick Jean Claude Van Damme was supposed to have been. <laughs> um, oh, Minogue! But now, yeah, like, I, there's there's uh, a yeah. lot of like in the '95 one. There's a lot of bad green screen. There's a lot of bad mm. CGI. But they, I feel like they stretched a small budget from New Line out as far as they could take it reasonably. Mm. But this one, it feels like they were given probably a bigger budget, I'm going to guess. But my yeah. God, does it look like a film from 2003. Like, it's all sound stages, almost. All the CGI is terrible. And it's just, just like, why would you adapt this script? 
like going back to Kano for a second, like whenever Kano shows up, they really take advantage of having like a sexually aggressive bastards, but be like mm-hmm. the comic relief. So it's it's yeah. it's just it's played for laughs, so it's fine. And it's like, oh, that's cool. They've taken a risk and done this character as a good guy. That's interesting. But then he just betrays them and becomes Straight a bad away. guy. And it's like, yeah, well, that was the that was the one. Well, you're you're like abilities gone. Yeah, a hundred percent. You you had one twist and you fucked it. And just like, actually, I just kind of yeah, a hundred percent. They had one twist, and I thought it was going somewhere. I was like, oh my god, Kano's fighting for the good guys, you know? And I was like, and he he's he got doesn't the make most me want to. And he doesn't make me want to like fucking kill myself. Yeah, and then he like, starts off as like a sexist, racist dickhead who hates mm. everyone. But then, and then he, he gets kinda, his laser. He, kinda, he, start, he gets his laser and he's kind of like, oh, I see what you guys are doing. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he could have a redemptive arc, but he's like, no, nah, no one's allowed to have a character arc in this fucking movie, so let's just make him bad and have him go back to exactly how he was before. And then, Oh, the disrespect. But I, I just looked up budget wise. So, Mortal Kombat is. This one was $55 million. Oh my god, that's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this is fifty-five million. Um, the original was around about you know the twenty millions, but that was nine ninety-five. Yeah, not that a, that's about could, that's about the, five yeah. to ten million. That's nothing. Yeah, that's so nothing. But yeah, this 10, is ten times as much almost. Yeah, basically, basically that's what happened. But I, yeah, compared to I, I just love. I don't love the nine. I just much prefer it. There's so much more charisma. There's so much more like love for characters. There's just everything is more in the original, which sometimes is normally just the case, um, but definitely with this franchise. And thank yeah. God, Paul W. S. Anderson, who was calling himself Paul Anderson back then, I guess mm. Thomas hadn't come along quite yet. <laughs> he, thank God, he was into EDM music. Because I knew. Oh my god, the end, the end um, soundtrack. I had to, I had a, you know, I had a, what's that thing got sat? I just had to look it up straight away because I thought that was great. So the ending track is Halcyon and On and On by Orbital. Yeah. And I, I looked at it and it has like, you know, a good 30 million plays on Spotify. And I guarantee it's because it's the ending track for that film and it just ties it all to great in a nice little bow. I well, think it's great. Like, all that that soundtrack is basically just the ultimate workout music. Like even as a kid, mm. I was bouncing off the fucking walls listening to that that main theme. Really? Yeah. So I it have, just gets you going. I haven't I haven't watched the whole, you know, uh talking about Paul W.S. Anderson. I haven't you know, I remember Resident Evil One and I think the last one I saw was the final chapter. I didn't make it to, you know, Retribution or Afterlife. And I haven't seen his other. I haven't seen his other video game. Uh, it was Event Horizon, I think. But it, like... that's that's his original script. Oh no, oh. It's, it's it's his original film. I think he wrote it as well. Mm. But, but there's, um... there's like a, a weird thing with that because like obviously, the main the the by far the biggest problem with the '95 one is that there's no violence, and it's the the whole point of the video game. The reason people play the video games for the violence, like you can rip someone's spine out. Um, mm-hmm. And then he made Event Horizon, which had it was a horror space horror film that had almost no violence, but he wanted to have a lot more. He want he mm-hmm. like there was tons of footage cut from Event Horizon, so it's like he made one film decidedly not violent, and then he made another film that was aggressively violent, but he wasn't allowed to show it. So he's had a bit of bad luck, but but I still think. 
I still, yeah, I think he did a good adaptation. I think uh, he's known as like the video game adapter, right? I feel in, like in he's one between, of the... between him and Uwe Boll, they've mm. made, I think it's over 50% of the English language film adaptations. Mm. They've, they, between the two of them, they're, they're pretty even. And he, yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, uh, but... when you're standing next to Uwe Boll, there's no way you're not going to look bad. Do you know Uwe Boll? Not well. Oh, man. Well, do, you, what, what, you've, you've t- got t- some t- learning t- to do. <laughs> please, please tell me the film that he's done, <laughs> so I don't uh, feel out of the loop. He made... Uh, oh, God, what's his, what's his most popular films? I mean, he made House of the Dead. He made a Far Cry movie. He, had lo- he made Alone in the Dark. Postal's probably his best one. It's the most interesting one. Um, but he's kind of like... He's this very strange German chap who somehow gets the rights to all of these really big name video game IPs. Blood Rain, he did Blood Rain as well. But he's also, he really likes pushing the boundaries further than even I would say is like acceptable. And my, my limits are pretty high. Um, mm. I have no, I've heard his name for that reason that he okay. is just literally like. He he just takes his films are a bit shit because he takes it too far. Like they're just known as yeah. Also, yeah. he just he's just not a very, very good filmmaker, and he's he's okay. just ruined ruined all these film IPs for all the <laughs> all these fans of all these popular video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but now Paul Davis Anderson, he's like uh, he started from a place of sincerity, and I think Event Horizon is a really great film. But over time, he's just I watched Mon- Monster Hunter recently, which is his most recent film, and it is just hot trash. He's just gone. Yeah, like, I saw that he did that. Yeah. I mean, I saw the last, you know, the last Resident Evil, and it um, didn't do anything for me. And you Can't know, I just remember. chucked in Ruby. It just chucked in Ruby Rose in there, and was like, "Do something for the modern day crowd." And then I was like, "She has got a bad hand of it." Ruby Rose has just been chucked into films, and she's what? just like, "Make is she, go." Is she, the one that, is she the one that quit that woman? Yeah, I think so. She's the she's like in she was thrown in the last XXX. She was thrown into the Meg. She was thrown into the last Pitch Perfect. She's been thrown into the last of like series that started off quite well, and then she's just like there for the terrible conclusion. Okay. So that's that's how she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Moving uh, on. Okay, I mean, have, we've we've kind of talked about Mortal Kombat ninety five as well, like a lot already. Yeah. Do you want to kind of like? Continue in that vein, or do you want to move on to the recommendations now? We're gonna move on to the recommendations. I feel like okay. we've gotten across that we have, I don't know. I wouldn't say a love, but a good. I I liked Mortal Kombat nine ninety five, and we much prefer it to twenty twenty one. I would say the ninety five one's a good comfort watch, and you, you may not like yeah. Goro, but I think that that animatronic, that puppet, whatever weird mix of shit that thing is, I love it. It's so good. It's so I, much know, I said fun he was watch. all right. I said like he was like a better version. <laughs> he's not great, but yeah. I he was a he's puppet. That's he's all, a puppet. That's all animatronic. It's like I think it's something like twenty three guys like moving his no mouth. No way. Moving his that's all real. That's all real. That's why it looks that... so awkward and clunky. But the amount of effort that went into this tiny budget film for that one oh character, I'm like, no, that's one hundred percent. That's pretty fucking amazing. That's beautiful. I kind of yeah. just want to. I kind of want to watch some scenes again now. And <laughs> no, I man. cannot recommend Mortal Kombat Annihilation enough. Uh, you should check it out, Vicky, because it is yeah. famously one of the worst films ever made. If oh, you want to see a so tiny, much. if you want to see a tiny budget budget stretched to an absolute thread, then watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation. 
you know I you know what I'm like uh, I, I want to fill out the letterbox collection now I've, I've started with two films and now I'm gonna have to watch the rest of the bloody things just so I can get my little you know my little tick box like you've made it through the Mortal Kombat's you know oh God, well there's like there's a digital web series they did I think some guy did like a um Oh, it's called like Mortal Kombat Rebirth or Reborn or something generic, and he did mm-hmm. like a little fan movie, and it got enough attention with fans that they commissioned him to do like two seasons of a web series. And it is. It I, don't, is I don't think that's going to be on Letterboxd. I don't think I need to watch that. I might chuck in Dead and Alive, Dead or Alive as well, just to like make me feel fully complete. That's produced by Paul W S Anderson. Oh, is that with Jamie King, the girl from? It's uh, a. My it's Jamie Presley. Jamie Presley, it's that's Jamie, it. It's Jamie Presley and Devin Ayanki. And it's just like, um, yeah, I remember Warrior that being Chicks. Fun. Yeah, I, um, I think I'll chuck that in there as well. And then I can just feel fully like I've established it, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's my next thing. Finished Mortal Kombat collection, including Dead or Alive, just for funds. But let's move on to our other recommendations. Okay. I'm going to start with the one that I recommended you. Okay. Uh, so, like I mentioned, I recommended uh, Takeshi Miike's Ace Attorney, famously based on. I personally played it on the DS growing up. Okay. You can now play it on your, you know, your mobile phone. So, how did you find Phoenix Wright? Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Yes. From two thousand twelve. Yeah. Uh, I've never played the game. The only thing I know about the game is objection, and I got so many fucking objections. I was very happy i was so satisfied <laughs> yeah like, whereas like people watching the new mortal Kombat being like yay scorpion sub-zero because those are any characters i know i'm like yeah. com- i'm coming to completely like contradict myself and be like yay objection objection <laughs> god where do i start it's ace attorney he's a young fucking terrible attorney he and he yeah. doesn't get he never gets any better he is he he constantly needs help from ghosts to solve crimes yeah. in court um, Mike does like the most incredible job at conveying how truly incompetent Phoenix Wright, Wright is at his job. He I, is not an ace attorney. It so is he all is, an illusion. So he is absolutely shit in the games as well. He just constantly yeah, needs yeah. help from everyone around him. Yeah, even, absolutely. Even the opposition. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's set in a maybe future, maybe present, where I loved this. This was so fun. They've abolished the criminal justice system because there's too much crime. So now it's just a three-day screaming match between defense attorney and prosecuting attorney. Yes. And that was great because there's like that's such a like childish thing. Like if a if a teenager was writing a script, they'd be like, I don't know anything about about court ju- about court or like ju- the judicial system. So yeah. I'm just gonna make up this new thing where people just shout at each other. And I was mm. so happy because it's like, as an audience, we're just like, oh, thank God. It's like, I, like, if you know nothing about the court system, then you don't, you won't get lost or you won't yeah. be annoyed. That if you do know a lot about the court system, you won't be annoyed they're not doing these little things like, oh, like discovery yeah. is a thing. They can't do a surprise witness. It's like all rules It's are like out. evidence. It's just like yeah. evidence chucked at you. Yeah. Right like, or well, wrong. I, ha- I have to yeah. accept it. It's evidence. Yeah. So, and it's like, this happened in a past case. But we're not going to talk about that at all. That's not going to come into case at all. We're Except just going to focus on this one. When we then yeah. conclude this court trial by concluding another court trial. Another court trial. <laughs> yes. So it's yeah. Phoenix Wright is an mm-hmm. ace attorney, but he's terrible. He knows he's terrible, mm-hmm. but he's trying to get better. 
and he takes a case to defend his old friend who adorably stood his up mentor. for him. Stood up for him when he said he didn't steal the lunch money when they were mm-hmm. five. And he remembers that somehow. And mm-hmm. he has to defend him from a murder charge. And basically the whole film is just a series of red herrings, wrong turns. This happens, this happens, this happens. Like shooting every, every piece of evidence they argue about and they shoot it down. But I genuinely really loved it. Mm-hmm. It flowed so well. There were so many twists and turns. And most of the twists and turns don't even go anywhere. But you have so much fun just listening to them argue about it and see where it goes. And yeah. it's like every, th- every time someone contradicts something, it's like, hey, that's a contradiction. But then they address it and they fight over it. And it's like, okay, it's fine. Um, the moment you, you're introduced to a certain character, you're like, well, this is obviously the villain at the end of the film. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you meet a character like five minutes in, and you're like, okay, so in two hours and ten minutes, this is this is who's gonna break down. <laughs> yeah, initially I was thinking, like, how are they gonna no. spin this one? <laughs> but I was then... fine. Even, even though you know exactly where it's going, you don't know quite how that character's gonna fit in. So it's like, okay, and then they work it in a really dumb, fun way. So I was like, I really had a blast. The hair. I don't know. Did you ever watch um, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, Fan Four Stick? No. So they. No, I did not. They filmed it and then Kate Mara cut her hair for something and then they needed her back for reshoot. So they got her like a terrible blonde wig that they just like bought from the dollar store and then ironed out. So you can tell what scenes were reshot based on her like terrible blonde wig. So I don't I know never, how. I, yeah, no. I've only seen Scarlet. Not the, the Jessica Alba one, but Kate Mara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out. Not too long ago, right? It was like 2015, 14, mm. something like that. But it's yeah, like, I don't know how I don't know how 20th Century Fox couldn't get one wig to match Kate Mara's styled hair from a film, mm. but Takeshi Miike can find five thousand wigs for everyone. They all look fucking perfect and amazing, and like Miles all... Edgeworthy, who plays the friend, his his hair suits him to a T. I mean, you know, Phoenix Wright, it's a bit, you know, he looks like a one of those emperor penguins, you know, but like, like, like he like oh, looks yeah. like a penguin head, but yeah. like Miles Edgeworthy, he looks like a hot Japanese boy band. He's character got like this and... Final Fantasy oh, yeah. Sephira thing going on. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's so, like one woman's him. one woman's got like a giant red afro, and I was like, I totally buy that. That's fine. And yeah, like, <laughs> Phoenix... she suits that. She looks yeah. She looks like she's just straight out of the game, you know. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, and like yeah. They, they make it work so well. And like they even like there's a bit where they even play it for laughs. Like there's a bit where like phoenix writes trying to like hide behind the table and you just see this like fucking peacock of hair and it's mm-hmm. like it's like wah, 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 wah. it's like it's fun it's so much fun there's, there's nothing good. there's nothing in the filmmaking that Takeshi Miike did that I didn't mm-hmm. like it's amazing that he makes like 5,000 films a year and he still all different genres all different genres like he doesn't all like all different genres <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't show me one you couldn't show me like a Takeshi Miike film that I hadn't seen and I'd be able to be like oh this is obviously a Takeshi Miike film he's like so yeah. He's such a chameleon. He's, a hun- but he's, he's got so like a hundred and twelve. He's got hun- like a hundred and twelve films, which is like yeah. the most I've seen by like a director almost ever. Uh, not I working. He's his- only been working for like the last 30, 40 years as well. Like he's not. His filmography doesn't go back very far. I don't think. So, Adam, I I love him anyway. Do you have like a favorite by him? Because obviously he's done like you know the famous audition. 
um, Ichi the Killer. But my favourite by him, which I know you found forgettable, is First Love, which is, I think, his latest one. And I, yeah. I, I'm completely obsessed with it. I think, like, as... His films have a, I don't know about audition, but I just, they have such like a warmth to them, even though they can be so fucking brutal, I think. Um, uh, it makes it... I, I haven't seen nearly enough to really have a yeah. strong opinion of it, but I mean, love, First Love was, I thought was fine. I think yeah. it's obviously he doesn't, he doesn't write everything he makes, so it's very dependent on the script. I think Audition, mm. Audition or The Happiness of the Katakuris are probably Oh, I've heard good things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Happiness is very, very good. Um, but yeah, I have, I just, I have so many to watch by him. He's also like, he does, he is known as like the adaptation man kind of in Japan right now. He's done that. Don't know if you heard of the anime Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. He did the live action of that yeah, as well. Know, he's I kind of he like that. Japan's go-to. Yeah. I think so he did I've, like, um... he did like some kind of weird, he like directed like a TV show that was like some kind of, I swear he's done some kind of like bubblegum american idol but in japan kind of thing he's all over the place he just kind of feels like he just he's like christopher walken where he just doesn't turn down a role if you approach him he'll just Mm. be like yeah i'll do it i'm free why not um talking about hmm, never mind i didn't have a christopher walken (laughs) joke i thought i had one lined up there no Um, Uh, we can i'll I'll, I'll say i'll say one last thing about ace attorney and it's Mm. purely um self-serving because it reminded me a lot of Speed Racer. Speed Racer is one of my favorite films. And I, love, <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> I love films that are just like, here is a world and we're going to do everything we can to make you feel like you're in that world from mm-hmm. set design, costumes, acting, performances, uh, editing, everything. We're going to do everything we can to make you feel like you're in this world. And Ace Attorney does that. Like, you don't doubt yeah. the surroundings for a second. And I was Not one bit. so pleased to just enter this world. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I'm so uh, glad you like. I don't because like, I just didn't know. Yeah, because yeah, it is a long film. It has a two hour plus runtime. I think just. Yes. I think it just has. But I just was like, I wonder if he'll like stick through it because it can. It lags in certain places, and you're just like to bring I it back. Didn't you think know. So. I thought it was fine. No, okay. I thought it was absolutely fine the whole way through. Um, no so worries. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. For you, Vicky. I cheated a little bit because obviously the video game films, people have either watched them or they're just unwatchable. So I gave Mm -hmm. you a film that's about video games, which is Mm -hmm. David Cronenberg's Existence. Yes. Uh, And I know you're a big fan of Videodrome. How did did this compare? I liked this better than Videodrome. I had a good time with this last night, 100%. I thought... The utter sex appeal that oozes from Jennifer Jason Lee and uh, Jude Law in this. Yeah. It literally had me hooked from like the first second. Everything was like as soon as that, you know, she got the pod out, I was like, Okay, Cronenberg, like that that's it, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. it's got that kind of it's a little bit uncomfortable, but it just fits into the world with ease, you know? Like yeah. it's kind of this pod literally looks disgusting and everyone's just looking at it like it's a normal thing and I'm like Okay, I feel a bit uncomfortable, but that's how I want to feel right now. And then as soon as as soon as we start going into you know, the gun gets pulled out and you see the design of it and I was like 
fuck, I'm excited about where this is going. And then it just takes off into like, you know, this kind of runaway film. And then you start meeting the characters and you start yeah. like, and then like, you know, um, Willem Dafoe just like appears as the is gas. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so into this. I yeah. just want to know what is going on. And then the whole like arc with that bioports and, you know, it's just exciting. It's like this literally could be a world that we live in, you know, a hundred percent. Like with the fact that you know, video video games that take you and you live in a different world and you're not just in your own world. I was like, that that is like a plot line for like a famous anime that I'm so interested. in. It's like Sword Art Online, but it's completely taken in a like you know the gruesome Cronenberg way, and I love it even more this way. And I just thought every character had a good substantial plot to them. Like like they. I'm trying to think. So you know, Ian Holm appears, and I like, instantly just thought he was great. Like I just loved what he was doing, and I just, I, I think it kind of started to. It didn't lose me, but like the amphibian warehouse where they were taken out. Like that's where I started. I was like, oh, it's late at night. I feel a bit ill. <laughs> like I'm watching this, and then he starts devouring the plate of amphibians, and I was just like. I, I still can't take my eyes away. I want to know where this is going. And I was yeah. completely like, Jennifer Jason is fucking fantastic in this. I mean, she's I don't know. I don't know. She's fantastic in everything, but she's literally like, the way she slow, like, her like role as Allegra is just like so like I was so drawn into everything she had to say. Like yeah. I just wanted Jude Law to shut up. Like I don't want Jude Law to shut up ever, but I just wanted to <laughs> shut up sometimes because I was like, "You're yeah. ruining it. You're taking me out of what she is like portraying." You know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I've never heard of this. I'm so glad I watched it. Um, I thought it was out of it was just so sexy, which is insane to yeah, me. Yeah, they they both because obviously he's. Cronenberg made another film called Dead Ringers, where okay. um, Jeremy Irons plays his own twin brother, and like Jeremy Irons, like definitely oozes this kind of like aggressive sexuality. Mm. I think Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee, not quite that height, but they they both complement each other really well. Where you just like mm. they're just like angry and sexy, and they just work yeah. really well in like Cronenberg's kind of aggressive, physical, kind of creepy universes that he makes. Yeah. Um, God, yeah, no, I literally, I want to say it was beautiful in parts as well. Like it yeah. just, it just was, even though it's just disgusting. <laughs> like how it, he, like, like how he comes up with like new ways to like. Mm. Obviously, he's the body horror guy, but he always comes up with like new ways to disgust you in like fresh ways and more like thematic ways to disgust you as well. Like mm -hmm. overall, like. Did you feel like this film was like ahead of its time? Because I definitely think it's like it nailed a lot of things. Because I watched it like you know, today I I thought it was awesome. I thought it could probably come out today. And the way that like I feel like the you know the nineteen ninety nine two thousand fashion has kind of came back. So hmm. this could be very like you know time period now. I'd, yeah. I obviously in nineteen ninety nine I was four years old. So like uh, I just I don't know how it was portrayed back then. Did it bomb? Did it? It, I did, it didn't yeah. do very well. But it's like I think I watched it fairly recently, and like the whole mm. the kind of obviously like there's like a thing where like existence is the video game and you plug it in like a placenta and like obviously yeah. the visual metaphor is very obvious but it's uh -huh. like the idea that you can be become obsessed with like a virtual a virtual portrayal of yourself without ramifications um the mm. idea that the people who are trying to help you are probably not often not the people 
the that people you... who are trying to yeah the people that you yeah are trying to help you usually aren't the people who are actually have your best interests in mind and there's yeah. varying levels of twists to do with that i think that's very ahead mm-hmm. of its time especially on an online world where like gaslighting and misdirection and all that fake news all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that's like obviously stuff you couldn't have predicted but the the i the the fact that he was able to foresee this kind of okay virtual worlds being a real thing what are the mm-hmm. kind of metaphors I can get across that will survive the test of time? And I think they've survived the test of time very, very well. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking disgusting, especially that warehouse scene, like you said. Um, yeah. But um, there's disgusting films that make me feel ill, but this didn't make me feel ill. It just made me feel like, oh, yeah, this is what I wanted from this film, which I don't know how he pulls that off. Because yeah. I'm quite a queasy person. But, <laughs> yeah. no, I love this. And... Um, that, that like I don't know when it came out in 99 but the ending scene where she's like have I won that literally was just like completely took me out of it I was it was like I was getting thrown out of the game you know yeah. and then I was I was back there in the pool and I was like fuck and then like the twist where he's like I didn't like where this has gone like some one of them does not like it and then I was just like I know who it is like kind of like when it comes up I'm like yeah. bloody hell that yeah. was a great ending yeah but yeah like um I, I put this on, like, you know, I always I said I was watching this last night and uh, my cousin, like, instantly messaged, like, about, you know, the Inception relation, about, like, it's a world within a world within a world, because they do yeah. jump into three separate worlds. And yeah. I was just, like, like I kept up with it fine. Right? Like, but um, maybe, maybe it could be a bit confusing. I definitely, like, I know, like, if I showed this to, like, one of my parents, they would have been like, what the fuck is going on? Like, sure. kind of thing. But I, mean, um, the, I, the I kept up with it. It's okay. I mean, the, the big difference is, like, it's no secret that I'm not a big fan of Chris Nolan. And Chris Nolan deliberately bamboozles you with nonsense mm-hmm. so that if you somehow manage to keep up, you as an audience member will feel more intelligent. Like more he's elite. Ba- he, he's he gives you on the that. elite yeah. factor, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. banking on that. Whereas Cronenberg's just like, I'm going to make a really smart film with lots of layers so that the mm-hmm. more you watch it, the more, like, with Cronenberg, the more you watch it, the more you get and the more you enjoy it. With mm-hmm. Nolan, the more you watch it, the more you get, the more you hate it. <laughs> thing. Yeah. You're just like, okay. this, this is just garbage. But <laughs> Cronenberg's much smarter and, like, the way he... Just the way he like layers his stories is so much more mm-hmm. intelligent and thematically resonant. Oh, yeah. No, I'm honestly. I think this is like I. I you know, like I just love that we get to recommend films that we just wouldn't no, watch. I wouldn't solid, have watched this. Yeah. yeah, this is a solid week for us. I'm yeah. really happy. Apart from you know the disappointing topic of this whole podcast um, i think our recommendations were fire this week are great i'm so glad we did the recommendations this week i think they were great for both of us and they paid off which you know yeah i was quite scared i was quite scared by a two and a half hour Takeshi Miike video game movie <laughs> that that worked out really well well i am so happy what's, okay what's, um, when, when do you, when are we doing our next one then when uh we can do it wait so Basically, our next episode is going to be based around the new release, uh, Woman in the Window, which is out on Netflix, I believe, on the 14th of May, so next Friday. Now, Vicky, what is Woman in the Window? So I don't know. So Woman in the Window is uh, the new... Uh, it's a film based on the New York Times bestseller, um, starring Amy Adams, and it's about an agoraphobic agoraphobic woman living alone in new york and 
she begins spying on her, you know, her neighbours, which is Julianne Muir, um, and, and Muir. Gary o- Muir and Gary Oldman. Okay. And she thinks she sees a disturbing act of violence happen. And it's all about that mystery. I haven't read the book, but I have read the New York Times controversial article about the author of the book. And uh, I'm quite excited to watch this. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll talk about mm-hmm. it. And then we'll give each other two more recommendations. Uh, hope loosely based on maybe a theme around Woman in the Window. Because I feel like Woman in the Window is going to jump into the same name as maybe Gone Girl and Girl on the Train did. Which I mean, is, there, was, you know... yeah, there, was, there was two years where it was just like, it was Girl with all the gifts, Girl on the Train, Gone Girl, Girl with the Dragon yeah. Tattoo. It was just all girl. Girl it was, like, it was just girls. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, well, maybe we'll look into that on next week's episode, and then okay. the week after we'll go on to you know the much anticipated spiral. I've been anticipating spiral. it. Yeah, no, I've been I've been down to clan with this film for over a year now. As soon as we I saw think, that it was released. <laughs> yeah, we're both like I think we're both kind of like saw heads. Like yeah, we are. I, I, I might I, I might mean, start rewatching them just for this release. Yeah, I'll, I'll I think that'll be a fun same. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Well, let's let's get round to doing that for the following week. So yeah, that's Sweet. our lineup for the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty strong about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mortal Co- like wrap it up. I think yeah, Mortal Kombat is now out for UK release on you know. Amazon Prime and Sky TV, where you can pay the lovely fee of fifteen ninety nine to watch it. At oh my home. god! I mean, it's. it's yeah, I, yeah. I assume it'll be playing in cinemas, but don't go watch it. Like I know cinemas, <laughs> are, cinemas are dying right now, but it's it's not worth watching fucking Mortal Kombat. I, I do know that it's just uh, been scheduled at the Prince Charles in London for its opening week, so that's great news. So yeah, go watch, Mortal go, Kombat. Go to, the, go to the Prince Charles, but watch anything else. Maybe maybe rent uh, Ace Attorney or you know Existence yes. on Amazon instead for the yes. lovely fee of two forty nine instead instead oh, of this. Oh yeah, Bargain. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much. I think that we'll upload this to Spotify within the next few days. Within the next couple yeah? of days, yeah, definitely. Next couple of days. Okay, well that is the third episode of Pro Royale done. Hope you enjoy. Catch us next Hope week. Hope you enjoy. Exactly. <laughs>